I think that every one of us, if we think about it for just a minute, have some things that come very easy to us. They're easy to do. And to have the emotion and feeling behind them becomes very easy in some situations. But I also think that for every one of us, if we're really honest, there are certain places where we have emotional roadblocks. And the idea of loving everybody as an idea sounds really good, but there are certain people that for one reason or another, sometimes having very little to do with them, but maybe the situations in life that we've gone through ourselves, that we have some people that aren't very easy to love. Have you had that experience? In fact, if we're honest, we almost have poster child-like situations like milk box-like photographs in our mind of certain people we find extremely hard to love. And that's just a reality. That's a part of what we deal with as an individual is that we really have to be honest and say that there is a limit to our love and sometimes our love can be somewhat conditional and there are certain people that when we see them or because of situations we've had because of them, they are just extremely hard to love. And we can give reasons why that we feel like we have permission to do that and we have all kinds of phrases that we use to go along with that. We say things like, um, I love everybody, there's just certain people I don't really like. Have you ever heard that one before? Or, you know, uh, there are certain people that it's okay that I don't have dinner with. You know, and we, we think this, and yet there is this sense that this is one of those othernesses of God that is so hard for us to fathom. You see, each one of us has our poster children of people that are hard to love. And yet, this is what Scripture says of God and His love. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. And so all of a sudden, we've been talking about this thing for the last couple of weeks that are the only God things. And we can talk about the, the fact that only God can give acceptance. And we've talked about that only God can ignite a fire. We might be able to carry wood to it, but only God can ignite the fire. And, and I think that as we continue the discussion, I want you to understand something about God. is only God loves the whole world. Only God loves everybody's poster child. Only God loves the most unlovely of all people. Only God does that. Only God offers that acceptance. And some of us who have really critical spirits, even though they might not see it on the outside, it certainly is going on in here. 
and we have this filtering system and we're always making judgments about everybody, we can't imagine this being true of any entity at all, especially God, because we're so unlike this. And there's this otherness that God has, and a part of His otherness is that only God loves everybody. Only God loves your enemy. Only God loves the most unlovely, the most vile, the most disrespectful. Only God loves all of them. And we have to remember that. This is a part of that onlyness of God, that, that unconditional love of God that is so hard for us to fathom. And even in Christianity, sometimes we, we make different groups and we think that in the midst of making the, those groups that we have certain groups that God loves and certain groups that He doesn't love very much. I did this. As a youth pastor, I did this when I watched some kids come from such heart-wrenching homes and such horrible experiences, and I felt like I had permission to just love kids and blow off parents. And without even realizing it, I started thinking that I wasn't even sure that God would love them. And I didn't see them as people that needed love. Because I couldn't imagine, and I felt like I had personal permission to somehow be God's punisher. Help him out a little bit. Of course, God explained that things were a little different than that to me. But I think we've got to start realizing this because we need to realize it both for our personal experience but also the experiences of everyone around us because I think that sometimes without realizing it, we're walking around going, sheep, goat, sheep, goat, sheep, goat. We're deciding who the goats are. We're deciding who the ones on the outside are. And we forget that God loved the whole world And sometimes I think we forget that we were somewhat unlovely too. Christ didn't die for people that deserved it. Christ died because we didn't deserve it. And He gave us something that we didn't deserve, which was a relationship with the Father. In fact, the only break God ever had in His love was when He turned His back on His Son because your and my sin were what was covering Jesus Christ. Only God can do that. Only God loves the whole world. In Peter, Peter put it this way. He said this. He spoke of God's heart and he says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish but all should come to repentance. God's heart isn't that there is a group that He's going to allow in and a group that He's going to ignore. God's heart is that none should perish, but all should have relationship with Him. Only God can somehow give every single person the chance God doesn't play three strikes and you're out. He doesn't do that. His heart is that everyone should come to repentance and everyone should have relationship with Him. 
That's a part of his love. That's a part of God's heart that everybody is somehow included. Only God can do that. In the process of men trying to describe and explain how God's work and how His sovereignty happens and and how He relates to man, we cherry-pick single verses so often and try to build theological systems around them to explain some of this. And yet God is a little messier than man's ability to try to explain all those things. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And so we need to understand that every single person that sometimes we've prayed way too long for or we don't even feel like praying for, we need to understand that every single one of them are people that God alone loves. Only God loves them. And only God wants everybody to have opportunity. Nobody's going to get to heaven and and be told they didn't have opportunity. Every single person will see some kind of movie played out of their life of how the grace of God was constantly wooing them. Some people are really struggling with this song that we just sang called The Reckless Love of God. They don't like it being put that way. But His love is so extravagant and so unbelievable that words in our society that we now try to use to describe that continue to change. There was a time that reckless would mean uncaring and insensitive instead of absolutely the most extravagant thing. But God is in the process of doing that. God is in the process of working with each person so that no one is without excuse. I see that in the life of of some sons that are trying to figure it out. And over and over again, even in the digital world that one of them lives in so very much, he is constantly running into people of faith. Why? Because God loves everybody and creates opportunity for everybody. Here's the struggle that we have in this sometimes. is Sometimes we feel like we're God's only ambassador and we take it on as our complete responsibility instead of saying, God, I will do whatever it takes to share Your love with other people, but I also trust that You are so smart and that You constantly have more people than I can imagine surrounding people that I love that need to know Your love. Only God can do that. How does he do that? I struggle during these Ironman experiences because I'm in charge of all these different volunteers. And I struggle communicating with like maybe a hundred people. How does God make sure that every single one of us on a regular basis get to experience the wooing and loving of him? How does God do that? How did God put up with, with the fact that sometimes we don't show up and sometimes we, we don't get it right and sometimes we mess up? There's something about the love of God and so often we make God less than He is because our idea of God is superhumanness instead of complete otherness. That's God's heart. But it goes on further in Romans. It talks about God's thoroughness. And this is what it says in Romans. It says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. 
for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived even since the creation of the earth in things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Somehow, God reveals himself to everyone. God's thorough. He, he, he is comprehensive. Everyone is going to have that opportunity. No one will stand before Jesus on the judgment day and said, I didn't have opportunity. No one will do that. God will give everybody opportunity and it's obvious to everybody and God is creating every single one of us with this challenging part which is our free will that can often say to him, I know that you're being really obvious but I just choose to ignore it. You see, people make a big deal out of what the will of God is. Have you ever heard that? Oh, how do I figure out the will of God? I just want to do the will of God. It's usually a bunch of little things that you simply are supposed to be obedient in. And it isn't just this single little thread through your life. If you are obedient, maybe you can do three different things and it'd be just as good. In my obedience, maybe it would have been just as okay for me to be a carpenter or an architect as it is for me to be a pastor. But it's those little things of obedience and this ability that God has. I do not feel as much pressure as I once did that I've got to tell you and get it all right because it's not my responsibility alone. I'm just working alongside of God and the little glimpses He gives me of His glory and the little glimpses He gives me of Himself that I share with you, they're this idea, this bigger idea of all of the revelation that He is trying to do in the life of each one of you and it's not my responsibility alone. Because if I get something wrong... He's still going to get it right. And so none of you can say, well, you know, I had this pastor and he was kind of weird. And uh, that's the reason. You can't say that. And I am kind of weird, but I'm sorry. God in His omnipotent power and sovereignty promises that He gives us everything we need. And God is somehow individually revealing himself we need to pray for people on the bike run today because you know what some of them are far from god and then in the middle of all that and all of this training all of a sudden they're going to have these moments where they're going to be blown away by the beauty of the cascades instead of the scariness of the Keens part of the run they're going to be on the run and they're going to be moments where they're going to be between run stations and that. And God is going to speak into each one of them. Well, we see this in the life of a, a woman named Debbie that just, she loves our church. She comes to any iron thing that we ever do and she promotes them on the, the private Facebook groups and talks about how great we are. She comes to those events and every time we share the gospel... Sometimes my favorite thing that she's ever said is, you know, that last year, that guy, he was pretty intense, kind of like a car salesman, uh, you know, talking about the gospel. But I know that God is revealing himself to her. So all of a sudden, one day, she, she posts online, she says, no, don't know what I'm going to do. Been wearing this bracelet for several years now, wearing, wearing one of our Trust God More bracelets, and it broke. 
So we sent her two more. And she posts online, what a great church, just sent me this gift. You know, and I'm thinking, no. It's the whisper of God in your life that somehow, even though you're not there yet, the very thing that you wear on your wrist every day is telling you what you need to do. But only God is so thorough that He knows exactly what we need. That's why I've stopped giving you recipes at the end of a service. And I'm surprised that sometimes you come up to me after service and say, God really spoke to me today. And you'll start explaining how God spoke to me. And you know what? It has nothing to do with my message. It might not have had anything to do with the songs, but in the midst of God's people being in a place, His Holy Spirit spoke to you not what I needed to tell you, but what He needed to tell you. Because the loving God is completely thorough. Isn't that nice? You see, some of us can be disappointed in God, not because God isn't who He is, but because in our desire to make Him like human beings, because I'm not completely thorough, are you? My heart isn't for all people all the time as yours. I, I don't love the world. Sometimes there are six people in my home and I'm five for six, you know? And so whenever we take even the best humans we know, we find their f- fallibility. And then sometimes we equate that with God. But only God loves thoroughly. But it goes on in Romans and it says this, As I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each one of us will give an account himself to God. Only God is completely fair. Right? People struggle with this at times. How can a good God let millions of people die? Well, because He's already been thorough. And He also has already given everybody opportunity. And yet, in the way He created us, and and we're thankful for this in our lives, it's just the people that we love, we wish it wasn't true for them. We wish we could change their free will in their lives so that they would just buy in, even though they haven't. But in God's fairness, He gives this complete judgment. And the reason He's fair is because, see, He's already been thorough. He's already been loving. And He's already had a heart for all people. He's been without prejudice. When I sit and listen to the radio today or pull up something on television or watch something on YouTube, eventually I can tell you what their shtick is and where they're coming from, and what motivates them. And I can see their blind spots. In the same way people can listen to me and watch me and observe what I do and see my blind spots, see the parts that are harder for me and easier for me. But when you take a look at God, really take a look at God, He has no blind spots. And He is completely fair.
So as we take a look at this part of God, I think it's really important to remember this. And remember what what Paul talked about? He talked about loving God with an incorruptible love, which means that I get to the point in my life that my circumstances and my drama and my challenges do not affect how I feel about God. God defines them instead of them defining God. And we end up with an incorruptible love for God. But we need to pray because God wants us to have His heart for people. He wants us to love people without excuse. He wants us to love them thoroughly. He wants us to love them more completely than we ever had before. Because He gives us this picture that we didn't have before. The world gives us a get-by picture of love. This is how much you can love and get away with it, almost. But God teaches us about a reckless love that has no limits. Because only God completely loves everybody. Thoroughly. So everyone is without excuse. You see, sometimes these verses we use as giving ourselves permission that we get to decide who's in and who's not. But these should remind us that everybody can be in and there's no such thing as not. Because only God loves and teaches us how to love in a way we can. So let's go back to the beginning of this. And we need to say what about the poster children of our life and those kinds of people that are hardest for us to love. We need to say, you know what? God, in and of myself, in my humanness, in my frailness, I could not love them. But somehow, because of you, in the weakness of my love, you can make my love strong. And I can experience through myself what you are alone in your character is I can have the only love of God for other people instead of the kind of love of God because I've decided you're acceptable. Let's bow our heads. In the quietest of your own heart, just begin thanking God for the limitness of His limitlessness of His love. Thank Him for the thoroughness in which He reveals Himself to you 
and calls you into a deeper relationship with Himself. Ask Him to overcome the excuses that we use to love in a limited way certain people. And thank Him for the fact that His love is extended to everyone. God, we thank You for Your love and for the depth of how You loved each one of us. And we pray that we wouldn't limit Your love to the prejudices and hurts and criticisms that exist in our own mind. That we would love everyone with Your kind of love. We pray this in Your name. Amen. Let's stand and sing in response to what we've been learning today and if we can pray for you in about anything, uh, there are some.